Welcome everyone. We are simulationists across the globe, bringing together our different perspectives as we discuss our failures in simulation and how to learn from these failures so that maybe we can save you from painful experiences. Welcome to SimFails and other conversations from the Sim Sofa. And I am Sasha Milobotti from Down Under, Australia. And this is Kirsty Freeman coming to you from Singapore. And Janice Palaganis from Boston, USA. Sup, my friends. How are you all? Happy, whatever day it happens to be where you are today. <laughs> I have a cup of tea in hand, and I tell you, I'm needing some time on the couch with you both today. Uh-oh. Yes, thanks. So, I had this feeling, right, that as I got more and further and further into my simulation career, that these fails would become less frequent. But I had one recently I needed to brainstorm with you. So, I hope you don't mind, but uh, I just want to share... Bring it on, really Kirsty. Sounds bad. Bring yeah. it on. Sim fails. I'm feeling bad. We're here to listen and help. Okay, here goes. So, running some simulation training, you know, I work in the undergraduate space and uh, moving stuff to Zoom. So, this simulation experience uh, working with students happened over Zoom. And I had the pleasure this day of participating as a simulated patient. And it was a, um, a simulation experience where we were really focusing on developing um, empathetic communications with our students. And boy, did it become empathetic to the point where, I hate to say it, I made my participants cry. Oh, no. Wait, wait, how do you make participants cry? Well, I, actually, I hadn't thought of that, but I thought it was my fault. Um, so it was one of those ones where I suppose I was really in the zone of the patient and uh, I was, I was trying to make the conversation a little bit more challenging and that as the patient, I pushed back a little bit and the student said something along the lines of, you know, oh, I know how you feel. And me as the patient, my response was just very organic and it was like, really, you really think you know how I feel? And maybe it was the my tone was a little aggressive, I'm not sure, but the, the, the student just started to cry and I didn't know what to do. Oh, no. You know, it's interesting because I'm just thinking, you know, when students cry in sim, it's almost like you never really want that to happen. But at the same time, you do want to create experiences where if they do cry in real life, that they know how to deal with that or know that they would cry in real life. Yet, I do wonder if in your event, it was a product of the education versus, I don't know, what do you think, Kirsty? Do you think it was a situation or do you think they were just, the, the nerves of being in simulation were contributing to this? Oh, so I very much think you're correct in that last point. This was a student's uh, very first experience of interacting with simulated patients. So it was a new experience. There was a lot of nerves around coming into it. Um, and therefore we had, it was, they had the pleasure of a couple of interactions. So this one we knew was going to be more emotive. And so we did sort of, uh, we scaffolded it and this one sort of came towards the end. So I think that a lot of it was pent up nerves. Um, and uh, not necessarily content about, you know, 
what we were discussing, which so often I'm more prepared for. I know if I'm going in discussing a conversation which might bring up some emotional stuff. But as you say, this one I don't think was about content so much, but just about the experience itself. I mean, like so much going on because what do you do when you're in that role? Did you step out of character? What you end up doing? All right. So it was really hard because going through my brain at the time was a few different things. And this is what I'd love some help working out. Because what I'd realized was, one, as I said, I hadn't anticipated such emotional response because I knew the content, sorry, I was making assumptions that the content wasn't going to be as emotion generating. Um, So I hadn't thought about how I was going to manage the psychological safety component. So, you know, many of us have run some simulations, you know, face-to-face where we know that the content is going to be quite emotive and might bring up some um, some stuff for our faculty and our participants. So I put some things in place, you know, maybe extra staff available to help out. But here I was in the Zoom platform, as you say, live with this student, you know, others uh, watching in. Um, it was really tricky. And I have to say the thing that sort of saved, I'm going to say me because I can't comment from a student's perspective, was we had decided the simulations were going to occur in a, uh, a pause and discuss type scenario. So the faculty working with me were able to go, okay, you know, let's let's call up, stop for a minute there and um, we're able to get the student to talk about what they were feeling. I think that that was a very good approach, having someone else in your faculty to actually deal with that rather than you stepping out of your role, for example. Um, I think that that's what the previous and instructors are for in a simulation environment. That's what we are trained to do, um, you know, to hold the the safe container. Um, I think that that was uh, well managed. Uh, I was listening to what Janice was saying and how there are so many things that could be implicated and why this person uh, reacted. And uh, it just reminds me of something that um, Dr. Robert Simon said once to me when this happens, and it's that, thank God, it happened in simulation and not in, not in real life, uh, so that we can talk about it and it's a safe environment because you have created a safe environment already. You have created a safe container um, before when you started your course, um, and, and it just deepens the whole conversation later because maybe there's so much more to talk about now. And you're right, Sasha, I think it was wonderful that I had this supportive faculty with me who, you know, everyone was reading the room, they were able to, you know, um, you know, call for a timeout at that point, um, which wasn't, un- you know, unusual, it wasn't, you know, um, awkward by any means. And um, the, the whole point of the simulation, you know, if we come back to it, it was all about having, you know, um, empathetic conversations. And this really uh, was a great opportunity to highlight not only to that particular learner, but the others that had the privilege of listening in, um, is that sometimes our emotions overwhelm us as we're interacting with our patients. And, and it was a great topic of conversation. I think it's, it's fantastic. Um, the frame of the instructors, many times when I teach instructors to become simulation instructors, they fear so much the upset participants. And sure, we don't want people to become upset in our courses. But again, I want to quote this reframe for me, which is when a participant gets upset, the debriefing deepens. Uh, because suddenly we have so much more to talk about and it's very rich. And if we have created a safe environment to learn, 
then it, it's, it's okay if it's well managed. Um, otherwise, hadn't this happened, maybe the debriefing and the conversations that you had later would have not been as rich and, um, and good later on. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely agree. But what was going through my mind that I wanted to pick your brains about today was obviously I always go about to the logistics of facilitating the event sometimes. And, um, and I was concerned that I had overlooked a component of how to support the students because, you know, as I said, normally when you're running face-to-face -face sessions, you can after the class or whatever as you're walking along the corridor just, you know, do a quick, you know, touch base. And I thought I haven't laid down some ground rules about what we do as faculty to now support this student afterwards. Um, so what I was doing is, you know, we sort of finished this scenario and then we moved into a larger group debrief where we involved more of the observers. And so what I found I was doing was chatting with the student myself uh, in the Zoom chat, you know, just doing the whole, hey, um, are you okay? And we had a little bit of a banter um, between the two of us while the larger debrief was going on, which I, which I sort of felt bad about. So I, I suppose I'm asking any tips and suggestions? How that's, could I? I mean, I already think that that's amazing, Kirsty. Like uh, the, at the advantage of, of distance simulation to be able to have those conversations and just touch yeah. base with them around it. I just think that that's, wow. I mean, you can't do that in person. You can't be like whispering <laughs> to someone, are you okay? You know, and. I know. That's exactly, what I, that's exactly what it was like. I was having this little side whisper on the Zoom chat and it was, it was lovely. And the student was uh, oh, so responsive. And she said, oh, you know, thank you so much. I was so nervous. I think the nerves got the better of me. And it was so nice to, you know, have that conversation and uh, I'm doing okay. Thank you. I think that what you did is brilliant. And I also think that, you know, in person, you always have to worry about, you know, are you, are you leaving your students intact as you found them? Oh, and there's so much controversy around that too, right? Because you, if, if you think about it, you, we don't know exactly why this person was crying if it was truly the simulation or their nerves or their nerves mixed with the topic, in which case they are in a clinical experience, especially if it's one of their first clinical experiences, they're still going to have nerves and they might come across that topic and hence trigger the same exact reaction. So, you know, to Sasha's point, great that it happened there. And it's just, it, it breaks your heart sometimes because, you know, when you see students struggling in simulation, sometimes it's like, well, you know, this is pushing them to their the edge of their practice and this is how they're going to learn, you know, but you want it to be psychologically safe enough that they're able to process that afterwards. Yeah, I agree. And people, you know, people do bandy this term psychological safety around. And I think um, people make an assumptions that psychologically safe means we don't, we, well, we protect our learners from experiencing emotions within uh, a simulation. But, you know, as we've just highlighted, actually, sometimes it's our responsibility to raise them so that they can be then openly discussed. Because sometimes we don't have that privilege. Sasha? You know, you know who I think was your best friend here was the fact that you were doing this through Zoom and that you could not whisper in a corner. I'm just trying to bring what, what Janice was just saying, like about whispering in a corner. We tend to do that in face-to-face -face conversations and... We don't need to do that. The fact that you had to talk to this person in front of everyone else 
on the table, very clear what you're trying to do. She's feeling, or he or she is feeling supported uh, by you in front of everyone else. I think that that helped tremendously to deal with this situation throughout your debrief later. As I'm thinking about it, yes, and I feel like that is the best way you could have and should have dealt with it, Kirsty. I think you did the right thing to having, you know, having these private chats in Zoom. I do wonder about the other students. I'm sure they noticed the crying and did they feel like it was glossed over? Did, did they leave concern for that participant that it wasn't addressed? D do you have a sense of that? Yeah, so I'll also highlight that we do team-based learning. So this is a team that work together all the time. So they know each other very well um, and constantly learn together. So they are a supportive team. Um, and I think the facilitators that utilised the pause and discuss at that time were really able to bring it out to the larger group and highlight the fact that, you know, not only was how that student, but in the larger debrief, um, really got the others to reflect, you know, how did that make you feel? Could you imagine being in that similar situation? Have any of you been in that similar situation? So they were really able to take not only that individual student's um, learning opportunity, but share it amongst the group of those, um, those you know, uh, active participants uh, and get them involved. So I think for me, what my sort of takeaways were is that when I'm planning, you know, um, you know, this distance simulation um, through a variety of online platforms, that I hadn't really thought about how to manage uh, some of those challenges that we know come up in simulation. I'm used to planning them in a face-to-face -face situation, but I hadn't translated some of those techniques to manage some of these challenges in that Zoom environment. I think what, what worked was, you know, having that extra faculty to pick up uh, as you, you know, you, you've both highlighted was really effective. The pause and discuss worked really well. Um, and then, you know, actually leveraging the, the tools of the platform, such as Zoom chat in this instance, um, to really touch in with that individual learner, which I probably would have done face to face if we'd been on campus. Um, worked well, but I suppose I was taken by surprise. I felt bad I hadn't preempted that this might come up and how to deal with it. Well, I wouldn't blame yourself too much. I feel like you never know what you're going to trigger, even if it was a simple case. You don't know who's going through that exact case in their personal lives. You just never know. And I think that that was just well handled, Kirsty. And you know, and then just to our listeners, there's also um, employee assistive departments as well as student, um, where they have social workers that can add additional support if they need to talk with someone neutral, someone outside of the event. And so we have those all over the place. And I know in our emails we send, uh, we do have a psychologist or psychiatrist on retainer for any events, which actually makes people nervous when they read that. But we do put it in there that if, if we happen to trigger any event that they can reach out to that person. That's great. Well, thank you both for letting me share today. I'm sure, you know, um, if we had more time, you could both, I'm sure, share your stories of how you maybe have... Uh... So many stories, <laughs> yes. And it just brings highlights how simulation can bring these emotions participants and it's um, it, what a powerful tool it is, even if it's online. 
So I suppose I would like to call out to our listeners and say, if you have ever been in a similar situation or have things that you want to share, don't forget to share your thoughts and feelings at hashtag SimFails because if you're courageous like us to share some of your experiences, maybe others can learn from them too. Thanks, Kirsty. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you, Kirsty. My pleasure. I look forward to catching base with you two on a couch sometime soon. Okay, as long as you don't make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about it if we do. <laughs>